Hello again. This is Series 14 of Satisfied. The Series 14 podcasts enhance the Adorn Yourself with Godliness Bible study, covering the books of 1 Timothy and Titus in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we looked at how adorning yourself with godliness is transferable from woman to woman. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 11 of the Adorn Yourself with Godliness Bible Study. We will explore the amazing gospel message as God's cure for our fatal sin disease. Christianity is Christ. It's not a lifestyle. It's not rules of conduct. It's not a society of people who are joined together by the sprinkling or covering of water. Christianity is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. From the time sin entered into the relationship of us humans with our Creator God, there has been one question that continually demanded an answer. How can any guilty, sinful human be made right in the eyes of a holy God? Or, in other words, how can God have any kind of a relationship with a sinful human? We humans have a spiritual problem that can be compared to death caused by a fatal disease. It's a twofold problem. Sin is the disease. Everyone has the sin disease. And death is the result of the disease. We are born spiritually dead sinners. Our double whammy problem demanded a twofold solution. The great news is that God acted on our behalf. For the problem of sin, people need sin to be removed and replaced with righteousness. God's answer is Christ's death on the cross. Because of His finished work on the cross, we can now be cured of the disease. For the problem of death, people need the restoration of life. God's answer is Christ's resurrection. We can now be given life that is forever. The gospel message included the answer to both spiritual problems. A 20th century Bible teacher named Ian Thomas captured the gospel message in a nutshell with these words. Jesus Christ laid down his life for you so that he could give his life to you so that he could live his life through you. The gospel is an announcement to the world of an accomplished fact What God set out to do for humans, He accomplished. On the cross, just before He died, Jesus declared that it is finished. He meant just that, finished, complete, done once for all. Because of what Christ accomplished on the cross for us, everyone who puts their faith in Him has a completely revitalized relationship with God. It's much more than having your sins forgiven and going to heaven when you die. What has happened to you is described by six terms, sometimes called the words of the cross, representing what Jesus Christ accomplished completely for you and for me through His death on the cross. You need to know these six words of the cross because they're in your Bible. Two of them are in Titus. If you stumble over them, you're going to miss the riches of understanding your salvation. When you read them, you need to know what they mean because they are so important to your experiencing a life of freedom and joy in Christ. They are gifts of the cross for you and me. Word of the cross number one is propitiation. Now that word propitiation means to be appeased, to be satisfied. We don't use it very often, but that's what it means. 
Jesus' death on the cross fully satisfied God's holy anger against all sin. Because of that, God is able to extend mercy to every believer in Christ. Romans chapter 5 verse 9 says that we are saved from God's wrath through Christ. There's no longer any sacrifice that anyone can ever do to satisfy God's wrath against sin apart from what Christ has already done. Picture an empty altar, never again used. It's done, finished. Because you have trusted Christ and are now found in Christ, you can know and live with confidence that God is satisfied, no longer angry at you, dear believer, because of your sin. That's propitiation. Word of the cross number two is reconciliation. Reconciliation means to restore a relationship. Before Christ came, we were alienated from God. We had a broken relationship. Some kind of reconciliation needed to be done, but we couldn't do it on our part, no matter how many good works we did. There was always that chasm created by sin between us and God. But God did something about that. I love those two words in the Bible, but God. Whenever it looks absolutely hopeless for us humans, God steps in and does the exact thing we need. God restored the broken relationship by reconciling us to himself through Jesus' death on the cross. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 says God chose to do that out of his love for us. Jesus Christ has fully satisfied God's anger against sin, removing the barrier between God and humans. Our faith in Jesus becomes the bridge to restore our relationship with God. God stands eagerly welcoming anyone who will believe the good news and come home. Because you've trusted Christ and are now found in Christ, you can know and live with confidence that your relationship with God is restored and no longer broken. That's reconciliation. Word of the cross number three is redemption. Redemption means to rescue something held in bondage. Every human born on this planet is born into bondage to the kingdom of darkness. Romans chapter 6 describes our bondage as being a slave to sin. The slave master sin calls the shots. Obedience comes too easily. But you are released from all of that when you trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible calls this redemption. God redeems us to rescue us from the dominion of darkness, and He brings us into the kingdom of the Son He loves where we have forgiveness of sins. That's in Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Redemption means you become the possession of a loving, merciful God and can live in the security of your freedom from bondage to sin. You have a new master now with greater power living inside of you, the Spirit of God Himself, who can give you freedom from any entrapping sin. Because of His love and His purpose for you, you've been released into freedom to live a life that pleases God in every way. Because you've trusted in Christ and are now found in Christ, you can know and live with confidence that you've been purchased out of bondage and released into freedom from any entrapping sin so you can serve God in obedience. That's redemption. Word of the cross number four is forgiveness. Forgiveness means to pay off a debt so you are released from it. Many of us carry the guilt of our sins like a heavy burden, weighing us down. 
All of our debt of sin before God is enormous. We could never pay for it all. But God stepped in and did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He transferred our sin to a substitute, Jesus, and it was taken away. Once you place your faith in Jesus Christ, whatever you've done that was wrong in God's eyes from the time you were born through the time of your death has been canceled, taken away, all of it, past, present, and future, nailed to the cross as Colossians 2 verse 14 says. At the moment of your salvation, forgiveness is complete and continual. In Christ, you possess forgiveness. Yet, as long as you live in your earthly body, you will be tempted to sin. Sin will happen, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And though our God is no longer counting our sins against us, we still must deal with the consequences of any sinful behavior. As an already forgiven Christian, you can go through the biblical process for dealing with recognized sin. I shared that in the podcast for Lesson 9. Because you've trusted Christ and are now found in Christ, you can know and live with confidence that you've been forgiven and are no longer burdened by your sin and guilt. Cling to this truth. That's forgiveness. Word of the cross number five is justification. Justification is a legal term that means to declare righteous or not guilty. Because of Christ's finished work on the cross, God chooses to give a not guilty status to anyone who places their faith in Jesus Christ. Not one human deserves this. It can never be earned. God gives this because Jesus paid the penalty for all sin and takes your sin upon himself. Then you get his righteousness. Colossians chapter 1 verse 22 says that you are now presented before God without blemish and free from accusation. The amazing thing is that God does this while we are still capable of sinning. When God looks on you, he sees his son's righteousness taking the place of your sin, even your sin after you've been a believer for a long time. How do you feel about this? Whenever you are tempted to think that God could not possibly accept you because of your weaknesses and guilty past, declare this to yourself. Because of my faith in Jesus Christ, I am declared righteous and therefore no longer guilty in God's eyes. That's justification. Word of the cross number six is sanctification. That's another word we don't use all the time. (laughs) To be sanctified means to be made holy. To be holy means to be set apart from sin. By faith in Jesus Christ, God declares us holy in his sight. His love chooses to do that for us. It absolutely amazes me that God looks upon me and calls me holy in his sight. Doesn't that amaze you? But sanctification is more than just having a different status before God. We have a different purpose as well. Every believer has been set apart as God's special beloved possession for his exclusive use. Sanctified ones are called holy people and saints in the New Testament. God declares you holy because of your faith in Jesus Christ, not your behavior. You have been redeemed, reconciled to God, forgiven, 
justified and completely accepted by God because of what Jesus has already done for you on the cross. All of that contributes to God declaring you holy as one of his saints by faith in Jesus Christ. You are also being made holy in your thoughts, words, and actions by the work of the Holy Spirit. This is ongoing from the moment of salvation until the Lord comes or you die, when your being made holy is complete. The Spirit transforms us into the likeness of Christ so that we become in thought and behavior what we are in status, holy as God is holy. That's adorning ourselves with godliness. Because you've trusted in Christ and are now found in Him, you can know and live with confidence that you are set apart by God for God. In His eyes, you are perfected and no longer flawed. That's sanctification. Jesus' death on the cross completely took care of what we needed for a cure to our sin disease, making us spiritually healthy again. But like any disease that is cured, how good is that if you're dead? Our sin disease was fatal. Fatal means you're dead. That refers to spiritual death on earth and separation from God for eternity. Jesus' death on the cross secured your complete forgiveness of sins, but you needed something else. You were dead and in need of life. God's answer is Christ's resurrection. It opened the way for you to get new life that would never be taken away again because of your sin. What God set out to do for humans, He accomplished through what we call regeneration. The English word regeneration means simply a new birth, a new beginning, or a new order. Regeneration is often used to describe the restoration of a thing to its pristine state, as in the restoration of a piece of furniture or a classic car. For believers, regeneration refers to the restoration of spiritual life to one who is spiritually dead. In John chapter 3, Jesus told Nicodemus that he had to be born again. Everyone is born once in the flesh, that's physical birth. But salvation provides a new life-giving experience, being born of the Spirit. In John chapter 5, Jesus declared that anyone who believes in Him is given this new life and crosses over completely and permanently from death to life. Paul wrote that we are made alive in Christ and are a new creation from that moment onward. Salvation is not just receiving something we didn't have before, like forgiveness of sins. It is becoming someone we were not before. It is the Holy Spirit who makes our spirits alive through His presence. At the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit indwells you. Regeneration brings life, and this life of Christ is in you, dear believer. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul describes this as Christ in you. We, who were once dead, are made alive by the indwelling Holy Spirit, who unites you to Christ so that Christ in you is a fact of your new existence. It happens at the moment of salvation and lasts forever. Because you've trusted in Christ and are now found in Him, you can know and live with confidence that God's life is now indwelling you forever. You are made alive and no longer dead. That's regeneration. This begins a new adventure of learning how to live with Christ in you and depending upon Him to do anything of value in your life. 
we can adorn ourselves with godliness because we have the life of Christ in us. This new adventure is part of God's purpose for us on earth. God didn't take us to heaven right away when we were saved because we have a purpose here. We are here by God's design to follow Jesus as his disciples and to adorn ourselves with his likeness. That will lead to intentionally sharing our faith with others and helping them grow in their faith so they can reach their peers for Christ. We do all of that through his power in us, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Dear Christian, thank God for his indescribable gift of life to you and consider all the benefits of having his life in you. Through this life, you can adorn yourself with godliness for him, for yourself, and for others who are watching. What could be a more beautiful, worthwhile goal than to adorn yourself with godliness, to put yourself in order with the very character of God, to arrange to live your life properly displaying the beliefs you claim to profess, to dress, act, and be like him for him. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with such love for God that you will want to live a life that pleases him. I'm Melanie Newton, and you've been listening to Satisfied Series 14. I hope you will join me for another series and continue to be satisfied by his love.